RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and we are coming off of a big fight week, a doubleheader week, as uh, we are uh, in the uh, the aftermath now of VFC 79. It went down this past Friday from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. We're going to recap all that action, as well as our, uh, our picks panel uh, scores here this evening. And then we're also going to talk a little bit uh, about uh, the upcoming uh, UFC card this weekend. We're going to get some uh, some picks in from our panelists there. And then we're going to wrap up tonight with a quick chat with Tyler Edwards, uh, my buddy who's having his Primal Combat show this uh, Friday night in Lebanon. So uh, we're not going to do the full picks panel and that kind of thing. But we're going to bring Tyler on and chat a little bit about that fight card here uh, at the end of the show. So joining me, of course, is my host, uh, my co-host, Justin Watson, uh, on the line, of course, with Jeff Hobbs, uh, Greg Hopkins, and Torres Finney back with us. Gentlemen, we doing all right today? Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, well, of course, I know uh, all of us were, were pretty busy during this last weekend. Everybody uh, had a hand in these last uh, these last two shows. Torres pulling uh, double duty with the commentary and then competing on uh, Saturday. So we'll, we'll get into that as well. Uh, let's get into this recap uh, of VFC 79 to begin with. Of course, uh, you uh, we had a free play uh, going on with our, our friends at Action 24-7 uh, where you could win $1,000 if you picked all 12 of the last fights correctly. And uh, I don't know if anybody pulled that off or not. I sure wasn't anywhere close to it, nor do I know anybody that got within – Three, honestly, uh, but you also had a chance to win a free bet on the main event if you picked Parker Wadman. And we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. Uh, use uh, promo code Valor100 at Action247. They're the only locally owned and operated sports book here in Tennessee, and they are going to match your first deposit of up to $100. So you put 100 in, they'll give you 200 to play on, and you can play the UFC fights this week with us. Justin, what's the scores as we went into this uh, week? I assume we've had some movement. Yeah, coming into this week, Greg was in the lead with 36 points, Hobbs with 33, and the Finney seat with 26. Um, so this week, to get us started, we had Jackson Todd taking on Justin McCray. Jackson Todd won by a, a rear naked choke in the first round. Everybody took Todd. Uh, Hobbs got the extra point with the submission. Yeah, I didn't get to see this one. I stepped away. Uh, I, I saw that Todd uh, won with a uh, with a choke there, uh, moves to two and zero, uh, and uh, long ride back for Mister McRae. But uh, always a pleasure to work with those guys. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll go. What, I'll let you uh, send this thing uh, to who we're going to. We're all going to talk to you one guy about each of these, so we can we can move quick. All right, what'd you have here, Greg? Uh, just uh, right there, you saw us all back and forth battle with Parker. He was on top. Uh, he was on top for a moment and caught in a guillotine for a good bit, but managed to you know snicker out of that and pull off the uh, rear naked choke and get that W quick. All right. Next up, we had Richard Guerrero takes out Skyler Cobb via rear naked choke technical submission in uh, round one. Um, looks like all of our panelists had Guerrero, Greg, and Hobbs got the extra point with submission on that one. What do you think there, Torres? Um, um, I was really excited to see my boy Richard. Um, he he had a phenomenal showing. Uh, he came out hard. You know, Skyler Cobb, uh, you know, with him being in his second fight, you know, basically like his first. But uh, Richard came at him um, aggressive, and 
um, choked him out in the first round. Um, we, we was excited for Richard. I mean, he's a guy that's coming up in the, in the gym, so we're excited to see what's the future for him. So, good fight. Next up, we had Robert Davis with another uh, first-round submission. Um, let's see, everybody, uh, Hobbs and Finney both took Barnett on this one. Greg takes Davis. Uh, what do you have for us, Hobbs? Uh, this is one of those again where if you think uh, if you think these guys aren't listening to the show, you're you're dead wrong, man. Because <laughs> from the from the moment Robert Davis walked in the building, he let me know uh, that I was completely out of line for uh, picking him to lose by a submission. Which he's absolutely right, but I mean there was no formula to why I picked him to lose by submission. But <laughs> congratulations to Davis. Uh, he was 0-3, got his first win. Um, so, you know, congratulations to him and hopefully he keeps the streak going. All right. Next up, we have Blake, Blake Spence, uh, getting a TKO over Cody Ortiz in the third round. All of our panelists had Spence by TKO. Uh, so everybody getting the pick and the extra point on that one. Torres. Uh, man, that was a really exciting fight. Um, definitely with Blake Spence. I mean, if anybody remember this fight, those side kicks, man, I mean, good Lord, they were yeah. quick. They were just like pushing them back, like a like Greg said, like a Sparta kick. Like man, it was crazy. You can tell uh, who he but, trains with. Uh, yeah, you already know who he trains with. Yeah, it looked very similar too. <laughs> Wild boy, baby. <laughs> but uh, Cody did give him a good fight. You know, he he has his moments here and there within the fight. But I mean, it was more it was more Blake Spence dominating from start to finish. <laughs> it's gonna be exciting once he get into MMA. I mean, man, and he's a world champion, like you said, in point kickboxing. So mm -hmm. <laughs> good. All right, next up we had Seth Haas wins a unanimous decision over Joseph Hishma. Um, Finney had uh, Haas by decision in that one, getting the pick and the extra point. The other two had Hishma losing there. What do you think, Hobbs? Uh, this is one of those where, you know, unanimous decision doesn't really tail the tail here. Um, this was a good, close fight, but uh, uh, I think I had Hishma, if I think back, winning the first round, but something you could see happen in Haas, man, where he just, uh, the light switch clicked. It was almost like he got punched and woke up, and uh, he came out for that second round uh, just completely on fire and pressing forward hard, fast, relentlessly, and uh, was able to, uh, you know, solidify the win with uh, two straight rounds of, uh, you know, hardcore intense uh, pressure. All right, next up we had Cody Noel getting the knockout in the second round over David Placentia. Uh, Hobbs had, had um, Noel getting by TKO in that one. Uh, so gets the pick and the extra point. Um, what'd you think there, Greg? Uh, remind me if I'm wrong. This is the one where David Placenti, I can't say his name right, man, but he was taking shots on Cody and Cody need him in the face, right? Yeah, it was a head kick knockout. It was. Yeah, dude. was it the head kick or was it the knee? Because like, it, no, it was either, either way. Like me and Torres were sitting there watching it from the commentary, and it had it right in front of us, and that was probably one of the most brutal knockouts I've seen live in person. Uh, I, I think me, I think I went with David on that fight pretty, pretty much because he came from California, right? Uh, and yeah, he was he brought, from Detroit, California. Brought a good crowd with him too, so you know, of course, I'm not thinking this guy's coming out here to lose at all. I know he wasn't. He was winning the fight, and then he just got cracked by Cody one time. And uh, I mean, if you're going to shoot and you and guys throwing knees, you take that chance, man. It was uh, that was awesome. Uh, shout out to David or uh, Cody Noel. Sorry, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was was a kick. He threw a kick, but it was the knee that landed. You know, we've right. seen we've seen yeah, that a few yeah, times, yeah. but it was it was nasty. He was kind of like going in towards it at the same time. It was a vicious knockout. 
All right, next up we had Quentin Sims defeats Michael Jutes via guillotine in the first round. Um, all of our panelists had Sims on that one. Hobbs gets the extra point with sub. Uh, what do you think there, Torres? Um, definitely on this fight. I mean, Q, he came out and he delivered. I mean, Q had a phenomenal – I mean, we talked about his power. He coming in now. I was expecting a knockout, but, man, a standing guillotine uh, – <laughs> Or with a guy that was seven inches taller than him. I mean, that was amazing to see, <laughs> lifting him off the ground. So I'm excited for Q as well. I mean, that was a phenomenal performance by him. So good win. After that, Nathan DeHart defeats Zeke Shaw via TKO in the second round. Uh, all of our panelists took Shaw on that one um, by TKO, actually. So uh, everybody dead wrong on that, Hobbs. Yeah, Zeke Shaw, man, he, uh, he came in with a huge crowd. I mean, huge crowd. It's probably our biggest pop of the night up to this this uh, this point. Uh, D-Hart comes in, real unassuming-looking guy, man, and, and quieted the crowd. Um, it was a, uh, a beautiful performance by uh, Nathan DeHart, and hope to see him back soon. All right, next up we had Carrington Johnson gets a first-round KO over Madrell Kirby. Um, Greg switched this pick in the last minute on on that one to Johnson uh, and gets the, gets the extra point. Oh, shit. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you think about that, Greg, that play out kind of how you thought it was going to? I don't know because I actually went to Kirby on, on action 24 seven. And that was like the very first one that killed my whole 12 man parlay. And it pissed me off. And I'm like, son of a bitch. So I should have went with my, with, with, I, whatever. I didn't like it, but shout out to Johnson, man. He, he put on a really good performance there. All right. Next up, Brandon Ballard. Gets the second round rear naked choke over uh, John Dalton. Um, let's see here. Hobbs and Torres both had uh, uh, Ballard by TKO in that one. Um, Greg had Dalton by TKO. What do you think there, Torres? Um, yes. I mean, Brandon Ballard, I mean, you saw the wrestling uh, in, in his game. I mean, he was picking up Dalton with ease. And, you know, that's the heavyweight division. So, uh, Brandon Ballard is going to be a big-time heavyweight in the near future. I mean, that was phenomenal to see. Uh, I'm excited to see a lot more of Brandon Ballard. So, good win from him. Next up, we had a second-round knockout by Roger Hunnell over Tyler Burton. Um, Greg took Hunnell in that one by TKO, gets the fight and the point. What do you think there, Greg? What, was that the head kick knockout? Which one was that one? No, these are the heavyweights. This was uh, this was the Taylor Burton's the guy that fought uh, C.J. Baker in his first one. He was way outsized, and he, yeah. he did pretty good in this one. I thought he thought he won the first round actually, but I th- but then he faded real bad in the second. Yeah, yeah, he's got too much. Uh, I think he's got too much animosity in his blood for the MMA. You know, the duration of time that you got to get in there. He's strong off coming up, but I mean, you know, he starts to fade in the later rounds. But I mean. Uh, yeah, Roger Hunnell um, put it on him, was able to, you know, withstand and get that TKO in the second round. I remember that also, now. I like it there. <laughs> also, so, Greg, yeah. the head the head kick was the uh, the fight you switched on at the last minute. Carrington, that was Carrington. <laughs> Carrington. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's the one I was yeah. talking about. That, there were like two big head kicks landed in that fight. There was one that landed earlier and it stunned him, but he didn't go down. Then he mm-hmm. then he put him down with the other one. I think his legs gave out after that first one, and then as he was going down, he got hit with another one, and that was that was bad. That was bad. All right, next up we had back we went to kickboxing. Chris Timms gets a unanimous decision over Kylie Quigley. Um, Finney took Timms by decision on that, gets the fighter and the extra point. Uh, what do you got there, Hobbs? Uh, whew, um, 
trying to be nice on this one. Uh, it was a uh, it was a it was a kickboxing fight, and uh, it went it went to distance. Um, I you know I don't know there was a this was a points deal you know just the the, the cleaner shots. Uh, neither girl was in trouble at at any point. Um, you know these are young girls just starting out, so you know I, I got what I expected out of it, but. Uh, Man, whoever is messing around—I'm sorry to go off script here. Whoever's messing around on the spreadsheet online and keeps deleting stuff as we're talking—it's killing me. I'm it was to killing me it. too. Yeah, I'm trying to watch it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, these girls are just starting out. Uh, they're getting their technique down. Like I said, it was one-off clean shots uh, and, and more of what I would call the uh, point fighting is what it seemed like to me. All right, next up we had Chris Payaz. Uh, be a rear naked choke in the second round over Bimmy Sola Atterbra. Um All of our panelists took Atterbra on that one, so nobody gets any points there. Torres. Um, yes, I mean Chris Paez, he came out big time with this one. Um, he was actually looking really good on the feet. Um, uh, this Mosley, I, if that's how you say his name correctly, but uh, he, he was it was a little back and forth exchange, you know, that first round and that second round came out. Chris Paez was all over him, and as you see, the finish with the rear naked choke. So. Um, good fight by Chris Pius. All right, next up, Dylan Smith defeats Pearson Floyd via rear naked choke in the second round. Uh, Greg had uh, Smith by submission, so he gets the extra point there. Finney had him by decision, so just the points for the fight. What do you have there, Hobbs? Man, this was uh, this was definitely one of those candidates, in my opinion, for fight of the night. This was a really technical, uh, almost jujitsu uh, chess match right here. So this was a good win for Dylan Flynn because that was a, a really game young opponent. Uh, both of them are young and, and really new in their careers, uh, amateur careers. But um, uh, these were two very technical gyms, and, and this is exactly what we expected, you know, from these two gyms. Uh, talked to uh, uh, BT from uh, Nashville in May after this fight, and uh, he was really proud of Pearson uh, as a debut and said he has not been with him very long. So, uh, they were really excited even after the loss of what uh, the future might hold for him. This was a solid win for uh, Dylan Smith. Crowd was hype on that one, too. Yes, absolutely. Next up, we had Tyler Jones defeats KJ Franklin via TKO in the first round. All of our panelists had Jones by TKO there, so points going everywhere. Greg? Uh, Jones is going in there showing um, he's a prospect. You know, he's young, he's up-and-comer. Uh, I will say that he was, in my opinion, I don't know if you guys saw it differently, but I think he was, you know, losing the round in the first round. But he picked his shots, and he's accurate when he throws, and uh, actually showed a different different game. Didn't even really throw a one-two a whole, you know, a whole lot like he usually does. He was throwing other stuff. He was getting caught with a left hook, but other than that, you know, he was getting hard, you know, caught hard with the left hook, you know. But he was able to, you know, get that TKO in the first round, knock him down. That guy didn't get back up after that, so I'm excited to see, like, you know, he's. Uh, you know, title shot, something's coming up for that kid. I mean, he's. I mean, we got to give him somebody big now. Tell you what, before you get like, he planted that. He hit a spinning back kick to the body that he just planted in there perfectly. I mean, when you saw it happen, you're like, oh man, he's going down. And there was like that one second delayed reaction, and he couldn't get back up. It was. Uh, it was pretty. But I agree with Greg, though. I mean, there was a difference in in him this fight because you could kind of see maybe that respect, like. Okay, this is a grown man. This is a more, you know what I'm saying? There was almost a difference. The the cockiness and the showboating uh, was almost none in this one. Uh, took this one very seriously, you could tell. 
All right, next up we had a nasty one. Rochelle Pebbles defeat Dog Stock via technical submission via Kimura at the end of the first round, or midway through the first round, I guess. Um, T, uh, Finney had Pebbles uh, by TKO, so he still gets the uh, the two points for the pick there, Hobbs. Yeah, uh, I was able to uh, pre-fight, uh, make peace with uh, Mr. Peebles, <laughs> uh, with Rochelle, and make sure we were in the good. Uh, Super nice guy. Yeah, before, you know, stuff went sideways for me. Uh, this was something else, man. Uh, young kid, uh, didn't want to tap, and uh, we ended up with a good, uh, I don't know, guys, what do you think, 30, 40-minute delay here Yeah. Uh, while we had to wait for the EMTs and the doctor to uh, take care of uh, Alex Stock. Uh, didn't want to tap, and unfortunately, we had a humorous uh, break uh, you mm. know, in the cage, and uh, I will say it was right in front of me and Tim, and I, I've I've never heard a bone break that loud before. Um, uh, just the the distinct pop, you know. Uh, it was it was tough to watch, and uh, you know, just really tough to see for a young kid like that just getting started. Um, I know where his head was at, and, and probably why he was not wanting to tap. But you know, these guys have long careers ahead of them. There is no shame. Uh, and tapping and, and saving uh, saving yourself for the next fight. Uh, so this guy's going to probably end up being on the shelf for a while, but uh, I promise you he's probably learned a lot from the experience of this and, and won't make that mistake twice. All right, next up we had Dontarius Mills defeats Justin Jamar via majority decision. Um, Hobbs and Torres both picked Mills on that one. Uh, no extra points awarded. Torres? Um, uh, that this fight wasn't a, a little weird to me. Um, because Dontarius Mills took a shot, you know, as, as the fight started, and then like as the fight went on, it was like he was skeptical of like shooting on Justin. It was it was back and forth, a lot of stand up, you know, wasn't much engagement, but it was an interesting fight uh, fight in that regards. But yeah, Dontarius, I mean, you know, the, I think he made the fight closer than he should have, but. It was a good win by him and, um, you know, learning experience. So I will say, guys, just for the record, this was changed to a unanimous decision. Uh, really? This, there was a scoring uh, discrepancy on the just the addition, on the addition of one uh, one judge's card, the one that had it 28-28, um, had an addition problem. So uh, Chandler Goins did, uh, or Lisa, uh, did uh, change this uh, after it was recalculated. It was a unanimous, and I did go back and tell this coach to make sure that he let uh, uh, his fighter know. Well-deserved. It probably should have been unanimous. Yes. Next up, we had Autumn Newcomb uh, taking out Greta Mars via unanimous decision. All of our panelists took Greta Mars on that one, so no points for anybody. Greg? Yeah, I thought that I thought it was a real close fight, too. And uh, it, I don't know. You know, some people said they weren't entertained by it, but I thought it was a really technical battle by the uh, you know, two young ladies. And I enjoyed it for the most part. There was no power in this fight. It was a really technical battle. And Autumn uh, ended up coming out. Uh, ended up, I think, if, I, if I'm mistaken, she pulled off the second round, and she took over in the third. So she won, you know, split decision. Was it unanimous decision she won? It was unanimous, but you called it about right. First round, first round was definitely Mars, and it was one to one going to the third. Mm-hmm. But that second yeah, so round that, was like still super close. It was like the halfway point of the round is like when things started to change. Yeah, I just, uh, I mean, I think I'm pretty sure I had Greta. You just said we had Greta. I know I had Greta in there, but awesome Newcomb, like Jeff said, uh, she's a 
she proved us all wrong and uh, probably over an interview now, don't we? Yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> I guess we do. <laughs> all right, next up we had Jalen Harper defeating Eric Lewis via unanimous decision. All of our panelists had Jalen winning, but everybody thought he was going to get a finish. Hobbs? Yeah, Jalen Harper let me down again. It uh, doesn't matter how much I implore him <laughs> during the fight and in between rounds and his coaches, he's not going to give me a submission. But I'm going to tell you, Jalen Harper, I'm not giving up. I don't know who you're fighting next, when or where, but I'm picking you by submission. <laughs> next up, we had Andrew Havener defeating Zach Collins via Von Fluchuk, uh in the first round. Uh, everybody had Havener in that. Nobody took him by decision, Greg. I mean, nobody took him by submission, Greg. <laughs> Andrew Havner is fighting and from nice guy submissions, and nobody takes him by submission. <laughs> exactly. I know. I don't know why. In hindsight, I'm looking at that. Even Vince mentioned it too. But, Way to uh, point that out there, Tim. <laughs> and there, I mean, and what's a what's a valor? You know, you know, a valor not without a Von Sludge joke in there. It's crazy. <laughs> we got to see one. We always get to see one here, and uh, he pulled it off. Go to uh, shout out to Havner. Can't wait to see him in the future. All right, next up, John Lamia defeats Anthony Cochran via split decision. Uh, all of our panelists had Cochran on that one. Torres? Uh, yeah, I mean, this was a back-and-forth fight. I mean, this was also, to me, uh, I think another candidate for uh, a potential fighter tonight. Um, it was back-and-forth, and I'm not going to lie. At first, I thought, you know, on the, you know, while we was commentating, I thought Anthony Cochran had won it <laughs> for a minute. But, uh, I mean, it was a good fight by Lamia, uh, really good fight between both guys. Uh um, I'm, I'm excited to see. I mean, that's the type of fight you like to see again. So, <laughs> but uh, yes, good win by uh, John. In our feature belt, Tommy Waller gets a split decision victory over Christian Lee. Um, every, let's see. Uh, Finney took Waller uh, in that one. The other two took Lee. No extra points awarded. Hobbs. Um, you know, this was a this was a wild one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if it was wild in a good way. Wild that's what I'm saying. And I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's really you know the type of wild you know, but that we're used to calling. Um, let's just say there there is some definitely unique technique going on uh, between Mr. Waller and, and Mr. Lee. Um, man, if Christian Lee ever uh, gets down the the shoot concept, you know, he's got the duck down pat. Uh, he, he's ducking every shot, uh, but if it's fight or flight, for some reason, Christian's flight, uh, he'll, he'll duck it instead of, I mean, perfect timing. He, he ducks him. If he would have shot, he'd have 20 million takedowns in that fight, except yeah. he's, going, he's going the wrong way. Um, but here's the thing, guys, all jokes aside, I had Christian Lee. Actually, I thought he won the fight. Uh, I had him winning the fight. I felt that in that third round, he had a couple of, uh, sweeps. <coughs> well, I hate calling them sweeps. He, he rolled them over. A reversal of position, if you will. Yes, yes, if you will. Um, uh, you know, twice in that, and, and I think he had more time on top. Um, and, and so I, I had Christian Lee winning, but, uh, yeah, I, that's all I'm going to say. Well, I, I, I agree. No, I, don't, I, I don't disagree with you. I actually had Lee winning, too. And I told Tommy that after the fight. I said, you know, uh, you know, congrats, you know, I'm glad you got your win, you know, and I know he was happy to get the win. I was like, but that said, like, you you almost got a little lucky there that, that you got out of there with that win because I wonder, you know, and Justin, you're a judge, 
do you think that the like Hobbs alluded to essentially when Lee will when Lee will duck and dodge uh, a sh- a shot, but then he'll like, but then he'll like circle out away, and it, it looks like he is that he's retreating on like he's being timid almost. I don't necessarily think that he is. I think it's just a a very awkward way of. of doing things that you're not used to seeing. I'm not saying it's a good way, but uh, I, I, do you think that affects uh, the way judges uh, saw that, that fight? Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely could. Like you say, it's it's lack of defense. It's not necessarily that he's running away from the fight. He's trying to get space in order to, to square back up and, and do something. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, I, I believe that I had him winning the fight as well. Um, it was a split decision. I think I, I gave it to Christian Lee. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that can definitely happen, especially, um, you know, if the judge doesn't really understand what's going on, it could definitely look like he's just in there scared the whole time running around. Um, but it's just, it's just a, a very bad evasion technique, I think. Next up, we had co-main event, Samaj Portis. Uh, this was for the 170 pound strap. Samaj Portis defeats Carter Beekman via TKO, two in, two minutes, 50 seconds in the second round. Um, I think all of our judges had yeah. Samaj Portis on that one. Um, Finney, Finney by TKO, so he gets the extra point there. Uh, Greg? Uh, yeah, we all picked uh, Portis right there. Uh, Carter Bateman, you know, me and him talked after the fight, and he told me that he's going to, you know, he's not probably not going to fight 170 anymore because he, after fighting Portis, he realized how big a real 170 is. And, and I don't think Portis is just your average, you know, Valor roster fighter, man. I think he's a standout on the roster. Uh, there's some guys I'd like to see him matched up with eventually. And, you know, now that he is champion, he's going to have people gunning for him. So uh, I, I, I believe Portis takes on, you know, uh, it welcomes all takers is what I'm trying to say. So I'm excited to see Portis uh, more, more and more here in the future. We'll bat this around a little bit, forget the next one. Uh, I would agree. Actually, Portis is, is something I, he's got a little something special. I think great build, really good dude. You know, he's a, he, I really enjoy being around him and, uh, and he's still undefeated at this point. Uh he, he he showed a lot of well-roundedness more than anything. And uh, the, I'll go ahead and tell you guys, the guy that's up next, the guy that's uh, that's earned his next shot is going to be Selden Wright. So, uh, you know, for the former oh, old Dominion wrestler. That's a good fight. And, uh, that's a good fight. <laughs> what do you guys think about Beekman here? Is he, do you think this is a situation where uh, he's got to look at just, uh, you know, his training, or does he, does he need to maybe go down to 155? Where he has gone before, but he, he, you know, he did 155 against uh, Bailey, so he can make the fight. But he also uh, he didn't look real strong in there like he typically does either. I think that Carter's going to have to maybe do some some cross training somewhere and get some different looks from some bigger guys if he's going to continue to fight 170. But he made the comment of not doing it anymore, and I, we've seen him make 155 before, but. Uh, I know that Carter is not looking to stay amateur long if he's going to keep, you know, fighting. So he's he's made that comment as well. But I just I don't see him having any success at 170, you know, as a pro. I see him having success at 155. But where I see him having his most success, where I see him most disciplined and, and most committed, is at 145. And I think he can do really good things at 145. I second that motion. I think that he's he's would be a just a torn up shredded 145 but it's going to take a lot of discipline and you know he's going to have to get in the wrestling room obviously and spend some time um, but he's one of those guys that's always going to be fun to watch him um, but I would like to see him fight lighter I, I, he does he can't be cutting at all to make 170 
No. All right, let's finish this thing off. All right, next up in our main event, we had Parker Wadman uh, winning the 155 uh, strap against Brandon McGee via split decision. Um, all of our panelists had Wadman. Finney got the extra points there with uh, the decision. What do you think, Torres? Um, yes, this was a good fight as well. A lot, of, a lot of back and forth action. I mean, a lot of takedowns back and forth. And uh, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this main event. Um, I think the split decision was correct. You know, no controversy here. I mean, uh, I think Parker Whitman was the correct winner. But, um, hey, it was a really good fight between both of them. So I was excited. New 155 champ, Parker Whitman. All right. So like I said earlier, we started out. Greg was in the lead with 36 points. He ends the night with 67 points. Hobbs started out with 33, ends with 61, and Finney coming from 26 in the in the back up to 64. Uh, <laughs> Finney, Finney makes 38 points on the night with the lead. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> Greg 31 and Hobbs 28. So um, told y'all research. So, so, yeah, this uh, is my this is my pinch hitter right here. This is my guy that we're gonna <laughs> Finney's gonna stay in that seat. <laughs> yeah, the defending champion is now. Uh, Trying to make up some ground. Uh, Hobbs is in last place. Torres in second. And Greg back in the winning seat. As long as I'm ahead of Hobbs, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving into segment two here tonight. Let's uh, get into some UFC talk. Let's, uh, we're going with this UFC 259 card. It was a big pay-per-view. Uh, touted as the best fight card of the year thus far. And maybe just the best we'll get. Um I'm going to go to everybody here as we do this recap and just get a, a very brief uh, take on this card. I'd like to hear your biggest winner, your biggest loser, and if this card lived up to the hype for you. And I will go last, but I'm going to I'm going to let uh, since Justin's been letting everybody else talk, I'll let him go first. Um, all right, uh, biggest loser, um, I think would probably man, it's hard to say. I almost want to say say that. Uh, Aldermaine Sterling's the biggest loser, but there is some good th- that ended up coming out of it. Um, biggest loser is probably Megan Anderson. Uh, biggest winner probably Islam Makachev. Yeah, Islam. Yeah. I, th- I think that Islam was like thirteenth or fourteenth coming in. I was one of the people that was on the train of look at you know plus four hundred or something. Drew Dober's worth taking a stab at. Yeah. Uh, he's dangerous everywhere. I thought this is going to be a, a good test for Makachev, and he had nothing for him. Makachev ran through him the entire fight um, and then just, you know, said, look, I'm going to get you out here at the end and uh, did it, and he looked amazing. Um, and then Megan Anderson, you know, she looked like she was just freaking out from the time that she got there to, to the time it was over. Obviously, I guess it's kind of par for the course, what you kind of expect uh, going against Amanda Nunes, but the person that's going to beat Amanda has, is going to have to not be afraid of her. You know, we've seen, um, we've seen people where this, um, this aura of invincibility gets built around them and people lose the fight way before they ever get in there. Uh, and she's just, she's, she's kind of built that, you know, the thing that John Jones had it for a while, Anderson Silva, um, and, you know, Megan Anderson, just, she, she had nothing to offer. Uh, and it, it was kind of a, a mercy submission, at the end, you know, Amanda could have just beaten her up really bad, but she just kind of got her out of there and finished it up. All right. Let's uh, send it over to Jeff Hobbs. Uh, you know, as a whole, the card did not deliver for me. But this is, I mean, it's typical. When you got these mega cards, they typically don't deliver. Um, you know, it seems like the best cards in the UFC are the ones that kind of fly under the radar that you're not expecting. Um, just kind of underwhelming when you finally finally got to, uh, you know, the, the, the top of this card. Um, you know, I can definitely see – 
you know, what Justin was saying with Aljamain Sterling being the biggest loser on this card. Yes, he got the consolation of taking home a, a nice shiny belt, but what worse thing can happen than to win the belt, have controversy around it, um, you know, the internet trolls, uh, <laughs> the, the you know, recliner quarterbacks and everything else. Um, you know, it's just got to be a sickening way. Your, your highest high of moments in your entire career, uh, just being ridiculed, ridiculed marred, uh, and, and made fun of. Um, but in the same token, Peter Yan's got to be one of the biggest losers of the night, too, because in my eyes, he was completely dominating this fight. Uh, Sterling looked good, but, uh, you know, this was Yan's fight. He waited too long. It, to me, it was almost like he was punishing him to wait until the latter, you know, fourth and fifth round uh, before he, you know, really went after it, put him out of his misery, and he walks away with nothing. Uh, and, and not only nothing, he's got to wait who knows how long to get that chance to try to get his belt back. Um, the person who's going to beat Amanda Nunes doesn't exist yet. Well, she exists, but she's in middle school somewhere right now uh, yeah. and doesn't, you know, we're not going to see that person for a few years uh, when Nunes is uh, in her latter years and on the way out. And this is someone that just doesn't exist yet. Um, and then, you know, for me, the main event, uh, Man, I mean, a lot of people were wrong on this one, uh, including myself. And even, and even I think when we all talked, the way we thought uh, Jan was going to win, this was not the way we thought Jan was going to win. We didn't think it was going to be on a long, drawn-out five-round fight uh, where he completely, uh, you know, uh, out-jabbed. And um, it just wasn't the way that I would have seen his route to, to victory. Uh, I thought it was going to be just a one-punch uh uh, you know, uh, knockout, and it didn't happen either. So uh, that's my take. Uh, the Dominic Cruz, uh, Casey Kenny fight was really good, and congratulations to Dominic Cruz. And uh, again, kind of an out of left field uh, post fight, uh, challenging uh, the uh, one of the uh, head dogs there at the Monster Energy Drink, and and bringing a lot of focus on uh, uh, the way some of these companies and sponsors uh, are riding coattails off these fighters and, and pimping them. I've actually got a little bit of a, a – I don't want to get into it on guess, but, like, I've, I can actually attest, like, I, I've met that dude, that Hans Mullenkamp, when I was doing some uh, of the, uh, the those Bellator uh, NASCAR shows. Um, I was helping do those those shows, and he, they would come in, uh, obviously, Monster's big sponsor for NASCAR, too. And uh, I met the guy, and he's a, he's a very uh, – he's a very interesting character. I, it does not surprise me in the least – I don't know if you heard if anybody's like looked on into like what Dominic Cruz like why Dominic Cruz had an issue with him, but yeah, I mean uh, he when they arrived at the at those events, he would uh, they would be like, hey, uh, we we want you to take uh, Hans around the locker room and introduce him to all the fighters, and he's got some camera people that are gonna like follow around and stuff, and so he he had me like take him around and like introduce him to each of the fighters. He shake their hands and like pose for pictures and stuff, and it was just uh, it was really weird. It was uh, but yeah, that was that's been four years ago or so. It's it's wild, man. Uh, let's go to we'll go on to uh, we'll go to Greg. Uh, biggest, I guess my biggest loser for the night would have to be uh, Bon Turin because he had uh, care for oh, yeah. and had his back. And I was, I, and 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 I really, honestly, per- I didn't get to see the whole fight because I was watching on a fl- uh, on one of those uh, fire sticks, and it paused. Like I saw Bon Turin, and you know, he had his back, and I was like, yeah, I jumped up, and I was like, have my arms up in the air, it's like he's about to see, about to submit care for And then I stood up, and then like, and then like it glitched and then like the fight was over and I was like, all right, cool. We finished him. And then I was looking around, I was like, no, it looked like, looked like Bondrin got knocked out or something. 
And then they showed the replay, and I was like, son of a bitch. So Bontran's my biggest loser for the night. Uh, had him as a dog. And uh, I, I got to disagree with Justin. My biggest winner for the night is going to have to be Algerman Sterling because, you know, I did not think Algerman Sterling was going to win that fight. And it was a really good, close, top fight in my, to what I saw. And uh, until the fourth round when uh, Peter Yawn started get, starting to get the better of Algerman Sterling. And when he hit the – I mean, he straight up hit him with a knee. And I do think the knee was played out. I think he overplayed that right there. And uh, But it reminded me back to when Anthony Smith got kneed by John Jones, and I was just sitting there in my head because, I I mean, I wasn't on Anthony Smith, but I was like, dude, if he gets up after this knee, that's the stupidest business decision he could ever make. He could be taking the belt and getting another six-figure contract fight and guaranteed, you know, for a rematch, and that's a money fight if you stay down right now. And that was – honestly, I hated to see it because I had Peter Yon. I had a lot of money on Yon, a lot of money on Yon. But then when Andre Starlin stayed down, I was like, dude, that was a really good business move on your part. And uh, I don't hate him for it, but I wish he, I wish he would have done it. But I don't hate him for it. I think that was a big winning move on for him personally, not for the sport, but him personally. Just to clarify, the reason I think that it was it was bad, it just sucks that all the criticism he's taken now. He did the exact, he did exactly what I think he should have done. I agree with when you said Anthony cool. Smith. I said that then too, you know. And, I think Aljo. I think that he was definitely playing it up, but I don't think there should have ever been a question but, to Aljo. I think that the referee should have stepped in immediately and said, "Look, that's that's it. That's that's the end of the here's, fight." Here's two things that that make this. For one, uh, these are my two takes also from it. Is one, if he took if he took the foul like Anthony Smith did, and without the red fox, oh my God, here's the big one, the wide eyes looking like. <laughs> Looking like Van Dam when he got the salt thrown in and blood yeah. sport and, you know, holding his chest and falling backwards like Red Fox. Uh, if, if he would have just laid, you know, sat there and not – it's the over-dramatic stuff, man. But yeah. here's, another, here's my other – Diego Sanchez did it right. I'm telling you, here's my other pet peeve, and I don't mean to get on on a tangent, but my Twitter fingers after that fight, I am so sick of Joe Rogan and his – he has got to stop. You know, he, he's got to come <laughs> – He's got to commentate facts only and stop putting his opinion. You know, it, it man, it's 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 killing me. I, I've, I'm at the point where I have to mute the TV to watch the UFC anymore um, because he won't just do his job. You know, he's a doctor. He's he's a judge. He's a, and he's got to stop. They, they've got to do something with that. Anik's really good. Um, Felder's really good. But Joe Joe's overstepping his. Uh, he's getting out of his lane when it comes to fight night. So uh, we'll uh, that leaves Torres and myself. I'll let Torres go uh, go next here before I wrap us up, and we'll get into some picks for this upcoming show. Yeah, um, this card was slightly uh, lackluster. I mean, I compared it last night on my own show about the uh, you know the last three title fight we had uh, with Jorge Masvidal and you know all those and Usman on their card. Their card slightly was a lackluster. So uh, it looked like these three title fight things really isn't as big as you think they are. But um, I will say now, y'all probably going to get at me. Now I'm actually retracting from what I said last year a little bit. But y'all going to get at me on this one. But I think the big, biggest winner uh, from the uh, UFC 59 is actually Gober Teixeira. And the reason why I say that is, the reason why I say that is, I think he matches up better, obviously, against Young rather than Israel. I mean, oh. I think he actually is excited that he would rather fight Young rather than Israel. Um, because we know of Glover Teixeira ground game and look, he's going to fight for the title next and more than likely that will be his last ever fight is in his MMA career. He's going to put it all on the line. And I'm willing to bet you that I think he's going to get that opportunity and he might retire on top. 
I just, I just got ooh, a small ooh. feeling that it might happen. I got a small he feeling. Bet. That it might he go bad. <laughs> he go bad. <laughs> <laughs> who would you say was your loser uh, on the night, Torres? Um, my loser. Um, I would say the loser tonight. Uh, well, uh, once again, we already said, it, but Peter Yan. Um, I mean, yeah, I, as y'all was already saying, uh, I thought all Jermaine uh, did be uh, was a little bit over over dramatic. But uh, I think Peter Young, I mean, you got to know the rules out of all this time. I mean, there's no way I didn't. I just hard for me to believe he did it not. He didn't know that you can't knee an opponent down, you know, to the head. And um, now, like you, like you said, I mean, he got to wait a long period of time. To me, I think, yeah, all Jermaine Sterling did what he had to do. I mean, look, you got pay-per-view money. Now you get pay-per-view points because you're a champion. Um you know, as he's as he said in his own interview, he was thinking like if I sit up here and try to fight this fight without, you know, being 100 percent, you know, Dana's not going to give me another shot off the back. And then two, I got to fight another three to four more fights, which could potentially take up to two years. And then, you know, whoever say he ever gets back to that opportunity again. So um, I, I understand all Jermaine Sterling point, but I don't agree with it. I I mean, I, I thought he slightly faked it a little bit because the, the fact that they did an interview right after. <laughs> he yeah, did yeah. a full interview right after. I mean, man. Oh, Joe, Joe, is, Joe has preached against that, uh, you know, in the past yeah. about talking to these guys when they're when they're in that kind of state, you know. Exactly. So. Well, you could also say your biggest losers are uh, Sandhagen and Dillashaw, too. You guys, That's true. you know, we're probably right there in the mix. Now they're going to probably end up fighting somebody else. They're going to have to wait for this rematch. Mm-hmm. The winner of that one's going to have to wait forever, so – and then you could potentially lose a fight in between and lose your slot altogether. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely uh, puts uh, 2021 uh, on hold for some guys. Uh, just to kind of uh, go a different direction in some fights we haven't already talked about, just so we can kind of cover a little bit more ground. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, my biggest winner, I'll go with Askar Askarov because now he's probably mm-hmm. put himself in title uh, situation. The winner, Moreno and Figueredo, I would imagine he'll be next on deck. Knocks off one of the, the greatest flyweights we've seen, uh, although in the twilight of his career. And uh, so really good win for Askar. Askarov stays undefeated, 14-0. That's pretty good. And then uh, for my biggest loser, I'm going to go off the beaten path here. And I'm going to, man, there's a few options still that haven't even been said. But I want to say, uh, <laughs> I want to say Jordan Espinosa, because uh, not only did he, you know, get, uh, get pretty uh, single-handedly uh, dominated by Tim Elliott in a not so great fight. He uh, he was uh, called out for being a woman beater, I think it was, uh, right there in, near the mics uh, where it got picked up hot, and it became a uh, pretty good topic of conversation. Uh, so it certainly puts a little uh, damper on his evening, both losing uh, in the cage and then in the uh, court of public opinion, I'm sure, as well. That was UFC 259, and uh, we look ahead to this weekend's UFC Vegas 21. And guys, I am not that excited for this card. I, I'll call it like I see it here. Uh, but regardless whether I'm excited for a card or not excited for a card, I still like to bet on fights. And you can bet on fights uh, if you're in Tennessee at the uh, Action 24-7 Sportsbook. They're Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sportsbook. When you use Valor code uh, Valor100 as your promo code, they'll match your first deposit for uh, up to hundred dollars, so uh, put a hundred bucks in there. They give you two hundred to play on, and then you could throw some crazy parlays out there and get rich, or you could have uh, lots of long nights like me, uh, second guessing yourself. So let's get into this, guys. We've got uh, 
this uh, this card, we're going to uh, take a little different approach here. Instead of just going through all the fights, uh, we're going to each just touch on uh, our favorite play of the night. I'll run through the odds, and as as I get to those uh, fights, I will go to our panelists uh, that uh, that has uh, a play there. Uh, oddly enough, none of us have a play on Leon Edwards. Uh, or Bilal Muhammad in the main event. It's a less than uh, less than enthralling main event. I mean, I like both fighters, I guess. Bilal Muhammad's tough, but like he's not a main event level fighter at this point. You know, he's, it's a situation where uh, he's taking on short notice. I know, obviously, Jemayev was supposed to be in this slot, and so uh, he takes advantage of the opportunity. Good for him. For the for the record, I do think he has some pretty decent value coming back at plus two thirty with uh, Leon Edwards at minus two sixty, just mainly because he's so durable. Um, and uh, and just you know, uh, can, he's hard to finish. He he doesn't finish a lot of guys, but he also doesn't get finished a whole lot. Uh, very technical. So I think there's a little value here, plus two thirty on Blah Muhammad. Uh, but nothing that I'm over the moon about. I just figured we should talk about it because it was the main event. So we won't spend any more time on that. Uh, we will go to the co-main event, which actually is my play, and that is going to be about uh, between uh, Misha Serkinov and Ryan Span, less than. Less than stellar co-main event, but I uh, do think that uh, saying the fight goes uh, does not go the distance is near a lock because Serkinov never goes the distance. So let's take it one step better and say under one and a half rounds. Either way, uh, Misha Serkinov, Ryan Spann, under one and a half minus 135. That is going to be my play for this whole car. This is the best I can do for you guys. And I don't even know that I feel that great about that, but uh, the, the, <laughs> the, numbers, the numbers say uh, that should be the case. You know, I think Serkinov, uh, likely you could probably do a little bit better if you say Serkinov inside the distance to win. Uh, you know, that gives you plus 120 uh, because I don't know. The, Ryan Spann is very hot and cold. Uh, he, he's, he can look like a world beater. And he can look like he can lose to anyone out there. So uh, I'll take the uh, the uh, the steady, uh, if not unspectacular, Misha Serkinov by decision. Uh, moving on here, let's see. Our feature bout on this card is going to be Dan Ige uh, at minus 155, taking on a Gavin Tucker plus 135. This could be a decent fight, actually. This is what I'm going to call the people's co-main event. Justin, you got some action on this. What's up? Justin? I think we muted him. Yes, yeah, somebody, somebody muted me. Right. Uh, I think it's going to be a great fight, man. Dan Ige, we've seen in some more. He's, he's a tough dude. He was supposed to fight. Um uh, Ryan Ryan Hall um, and Ryan Hall got injured, uh, so uh, Gavin Tucker stepping in to fill that spot. Man, Gavin Tucker's got one loss. He's t- the top prospect out of Canada. Um, just an amazing all-around fighter as well as Ige, but Ige has you know undeniable power and, and durability. Uh, I think Gavin Tucker can get it to the ground uh, and, and just out position uh, Dan Ige. I like Gavin Tucker in to win by decision around plus 200 or so. Danny, uh, no, say, say that pick one more time. Uh, Gavin Tucker by decision. By decision. Right. Yeah, it's like plus, about plus 200. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, Jonathan Martinez minus 320 versus Davey Grant plus 260. That looks really wide for Jonathan Martinez to be favored that over anyone. Uh, Matush Nikolau is the underdog plus 115 to Manel Kopp, who we saw debut just like a month ago, and, and he lost. He's a really high prospect, and he's still the favorite here. And then uh, starting off the main card, it's uh, your boy, Eric Anders, against Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart is the favorite, minus 175. Anders plus 155. Torres. 
Um, yes, I'm excited. Uh, two middleweight act, uh, uh, guys going at it. I mean, if anybody remembers Darren Stewart's last fight, it was a close matchup with Kevin Holland. I remember that one, uh, you know, Kevin Holland is the new hot prospect I'm um, going on right now. So, uh, I think Darren Stewart, um, is trying to get back on the, on the winning side. I think he, uh, I think he, you know, he handles, uh, Anders, Anders do got power. I mean, he got to be, <laughs> be aware of that, but, uh, I think Darren Stewart, uh, I think he'll get the win. He'll probably be the win by like TKO or like a decision, but I think he gets the win. Darren Stewart minus 175 there over Anders. I like Stewart by uh, by decision potentially because uh, I think that uh, Anders is is going to struggle probably to take him down if it just turns into like a kickboxing fight. I think Stewart's like the faster guy. It'll just kind of have more volume. Yeah. Uh, undercard, uh, the a fight that we were supposed to have, uh, I guess, two weeks ago, uh, Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. The odds seem even – are they – I can't recall what they were last time, but now they're minus 380 with Yoder plus 315. It seems like they were longer last time, uh, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Jeff? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize that's what we were doing on this. <laughs> I thought we were just talking about them. Uh, I definitely, uh, this is not one. Uh, I, I was just going to talk about the fight. I, I'm not putting any money <laughs> on Angela Hill and Ashley Yoder. I mean, I tried to find, after I realized what was going on here, and, you know, I'm not even listening to y'all. I'm I'm pulling up odds real quick and go, what the hell can I even talk about on this one? Man, because, I mean, it. The odds makers, they damn near know exactly what's going to happen already because, uh, you know, Angela Hills is definitely decidingly a, um, you know, a favorite here. And so I go to the over and under. It's like, well, shit, they agree with me here. It's definitely going over uh, two and a half. This one's going the distance. So I ain't making no money there. Uh, The only thing I could even possibly see right now is just taking uh, that shot in in the dark and saying Angela Hill could uh, find a way in some ground and pounds, maybe KO and TKO at plus 500. Uh, You know, it wouldn't be too bad. Wouldn't be necessarily a stretch. I feel definitely, you know, my opinion, this this thing's going to go the distance uh, with Angela Hill. But if if there's anything on this fight I can even find to get interested in it, uh, because even Angela Hill by points, is one minus one fifty five, uh, and that's where I would go. But I'm not going to make any money off that. Uh, so I might, you know, I, I could maybe put five bucks or something on the, the KOTKO <laughs> just to see if I can make something. But uh, I'll pay attention better because I wouldn't have picked this fight to talk about if I knew we were talking about damn bets on it. I, I, I tell you what, I'll tell you. I don't know what the odds are, but the odds of Ashley Yoder looking hot as hell at this fight is going to be pretty good. Yeah, the better the better than average. Yeah, and the odds of me still hating Angela Hill as a person after this fight uh, <laughs> will, be pretty high as, will be pretty high as well too. So I may parlay those two things. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Rest of this undercard. Uh, I'll run through the rest of the fights, and I'll wrap it up with Greg's selection there at the end. Jason Witt, Matthew Simmelsberger leads off the card. Uh, more or less a pick them there. Jin Yu Frey, plus 160 against the uh, debuting Gloria DePaula, minus 185. She was off the Contender Series. She beat that uh, Pauline Macias, I remember. She looked pretty good. Uh, Courtney Casey takes on J.J. Aldrich. Uh, Aldridge minus 150, Casey plus 130. Uh, Nasret Hackparast gets a late replacement uh, fight. He is uh, was supposed to fight Don Madge. Now he fights Hafa Garcia in uh, Hackparast minus 265, Garcia plus 205. Ronnie Yaya minus 280 over Ray Rodriguez plus 240. And then uh, our final bout, we'll go to Greg for it. It is Charles Jordan, Air Jordan. Minus 255 against Marcelo Rojo, plus 215, Greg. 
I, I think this is going to be a more even fight uh, than, than they've got on the radar because I was looking for like the most uneven fight, and you got the number thirty-seven ranked <laughs> Jordan in the in the worldwide versus you know Rojo right here at uh, number two in, in Mexico. So uh, I don't think I think it's a really good matchup. Um, uh, the only thing I worry about here is Jordan getting taken down and getting grinded out and maybe losing, you know, and that's that's where I can see the dog coming through because this is a this is a Marcelo's UFC debut. You know, he's got eight, he's got eight knockouts, six submissions, and he's got one decision by win. He's never been knocked out. He's never he's never been knocked out, and uh, I don't think he's ever 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 uh, no no he has he has I'm sorry hold on a second he's never been knocked out right there, and uh, he's been submitted four times, but. All of Jordan's uh, losses are by decision, so I'm wondering if uh, what the prop bets would be on uh, this fight to end by submission or go the distance. I think that would be probably both plus money right there, and that would probably you know sprinkle a little bit on both of them. But Jordan is my lean, but the odds are you know pretty bad at minus two fifty five. I don't know if they changed since here, but Jordan's only got two losses on his record, and uh, both losses are coming in the UFC to Andre Philly and Des Green. Uh, neither one of those were good matchups, and I think I think that uh, Marcelo might be a, a good matchup for him. But I, I got Jordan right here. I guess the distance is plus one twenty-five. Maybe we should do uh, crazy underdog picks. So mine's going to be a two two-team parlay: Angela Hill by KO TKO and Belil by decision on points, and that's plus three thousand one hundred forty. Hey, that'd be awesome! It, it, there there is a universe uh, where that could happen too, potentially. You know, every. Uh, it, it happens every fight card when I'm betting against those two guys. All right. That's what happens. <laughs> well, that is the UFC Vegas 21. A little bit of a break this week on the intensity before they pick it back up uh, next week with that. Uh, it's not really picked up that much. It's Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland in the, the main event for that one. So uh, I guess we're downshifting until we get to the next pay-per-view. Maybe they're they're going to really make the pay-per-views count. Now, like back in the old uh, WWF days, it's like your weekly shows. I mean, what do you want? You know, you're, you're going to see a lot of uh, fights that are uh, not that not that uh, star-studded, but then, like, the superstars fight each other on the pay-per-view. So maybe yeah, uh, this is definitely a Saturday morning superstars. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, this is WCW Saturday night here. Uh, so uh, that'll wrap up our UFC segment. Once again, remember, uh, Action 24-7, you can use uh, the promo code Valor100 to get a 100% match bonus. $100 uh, on your first deposit and you can get in there and uh, hopefully win some money uh, and uh, not be like the most of us and lose money. All right. Final segment here tonight on the Valor Hour. And we are joined by my buddy Tyler Edwards and he has got his second primal combat coming up this Friday night in 11 in Tennessee from the Farm Bureau Expo Center. It is uh, going to go down, I believe, at 6 o'clock Friday night. You can get your tickets uh, online at fightertickswithx.com. You can check the pay-per-view out. I'll let Tyler give that information here in just a moment. Tyler, how's it going, my man? Man, it's going good. How you guys doing? We're good, man. We're excited uh, to get to this uh, this next Primal Combat. You know, it's been a couple months in the making. You did your first one back in December, and, uh, you know, uh, now this is your second go. I'm sure you've learned a lot of lessons. Uh, you know, let's talk a little about this card. Uh, this is uh, going to be uh, two title fights headlining this card, and some guys that we uh, are familiar with uh, at the top, and then the second, uh, the co-main event, are some guys that uh, you've kind of uh, uncovered over there on your show. You know, these are kind of prospects yeah. that you 
covered. So, um, you know, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm going to go through your your top four fights here tonight, and uh, I want to get your take on each of these, and I, I'm going to have my panelists give their take because, of course, uh, Greg and Torres will be on the uh, the pay-per-view commentary call, and myself and Hobbs will be there keeping time and uh, getting drunk. So uh, oh. I will, uh, let's start off uh, with uh, the, the least of the four, but still a fun one because these guys are uh, are going to throw down, I think. Uh, a local guy that, uh, that you are very familiar with, Cody Tungit, from uh, Lebanon there in Guardian. He's going to be taking on Dustin Whitmore. And we saw Whitmore uh, debut in, in the last show when he won a kickboxing fight. This will be MMA. And Cody, you know, yeah. you told us uh, about uh, Cody's rodeo background last time. Uh, what's your take on this? Man, um, this fight coming up for Cody has been, uh, well, the prep, for one, has been his best preparation he's ever had. He's, the best he's ever felt in class and practice leading up to a fight. Um, let me tell you what. Dustin Whitmore's in for a rude fucking awakening. Pardon my French. But um, I can't wait for this fight. I can't wait for Cody to actually go out there and um, show the people what he can do. I mean, his first two fights, um, uh, I mean, first one he was controlling, and you know what? Yeah, the guy got his back and choked. Good. Okay. He learned. Well, he didn't learn as much because um, the second fight, same thing happened. Um, I mean, the guy kind of outmuscled him, and um, he realized that fighting at 170, I mean, you're dealing with a bigger an opponent. He's, they're just cutting to the weight. So, um, and man, he's he's busted his ass in practice, man. I, I'm very proud of the preparation he's done, and uh, the the work he's put in has been phenomenal. So, um, yeah, that one. Uh, and Dustin, uh, he, like I said, he uh, he debuted on my last show. Now uh, he uh, it looked to be a good fight until the uh, his opponent Migo pour his uh, shoulder out so um really we don't have nothing on dustin um so i mean we know he likes to throw a couple of leg kicks at first and then his opponent threw his shoulder out so uh, we don't have nothing to work off really but uh I you know like, you do uh, know he trains there at Tullahoma tie kickbox uh, tie boxing there with uh yeah, with shane yeah, Wigan, right yeah. yes and i i worked with shane for a little bit so i do know how they train but at the same time um I think it's going to be a very entertaining fight. I think uh, if it stays standing, we're going to be seeing fireworks for three rounds unless one of these guys catch each other. And I mean, regardless, it's going to be good technique and help probably some blood. So Cody likes to bleed from his nose. So I know uh, I'll have a little bleeder on my side. So I'm just looking to get that canvas a little bloody. All right, man. I'm excited for that one. Uh, Torres, you'll be on the uh, on the play-by-play on this one. Uh, you made your play-by-play debut uh, with us last week, so I'm excited to hear you. What's your take on this one? Um, yes. I mean, um, Tyler just went through the entire thing, really. Uh, Dustin is a kickboxer. I mean, Muay Thai. He, he, I mean, uh, I looked at a little bit of his last fight, and uh, yes, the guy did throw his shoulder out, sadly. But uh, um, looking at him, I think, you know, it'll be an interesting matchup. And I haven't seen much on Cody, but like you said, Cody uh, uh, learned from his last two fights. He got a, I mean, both of them were rear naked chokes. I don't think he got to really deal with a uh, so uh, much of a ground game from uh, right. Dustin in this one. So it'll be really good to see these two uh, guys stand and bang. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what's up. This next one to me uh, is a little a hidden little jewel on the card. I, I think uh, it kind of came about late. Uh, we got Emilio Hernandez who is making his debut in a featherweight bout, and but Emilio is not your typical debut. See, he is a he's a black belt already, and so that makes things extra interesting when it comes trying to match uh, guys like yeah. this. 
he trains with uh with the Tennessee BJJ Academy in Spring Hill. And we just yeah. saw uh we just saw them uh represented at the Hydra Cup. We'll talk about that here at the end of the show. But uh anyway, Emilio is going to be taking on Dustin Garrett, who's four and one. He's come up on no, I'm no Dustin's three and one. I'm sorry, Dustin's three and one. Three but he yeah, he he's came up on the Valor cards and he is, uh, you know, he, he's a very um, he's a very energetic guy. You know, he, he has a, he has one mode and that's go, 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 go. Uh, and but has typically looked to to grapple. And so uh, with Emilio mm-hmm. being uh, being that his specialty, it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out with Dustin having a little bit more experience. Emilio having the higher rank. Uh, what's your take on yeah. this? Uh, Man, and you said it, dude. This I think this is a hidden gem. Um, honestly, I, I know it'd be a smack in the face to my champions and the guys going for the belt, but I almost wanted to make this my main event just because. <laughs> um, these guys, uh, I think uh, Amelia is going to bring a show for one. He's uh, done phenomenal with ticket sales. Um, I'm I'm glad he wanted to fight for me uh, personally, um, but I think he's going to bring a, a ground game that we ain't seen, especially at Primal, because obviously it's our second event, but. Uh, I think it's going to be a technician on the ground now. I think it's going to allow him to open up on his hand and his kicks. Um, and if Dustin, if he's a ground guy, then, oh, wow. If he if he plays that game, he goes right to where Emilio is comfortable. I mean, look, the kid's got some balls if he does that. But at the same time, I think he's going to open up on his hand a little bit. So, um, man, yeah, I'm looking to see. This might be a standing fight unless, I mean, Emilio gets clocked and just takes it to the ground and, you know, but you saying Dustin's a ground guy. I like that. I think this is going to be one of the easily could be fight of the night for sure. Greg, you've seen Dustin Garrett. You've your, your take on this uh, going up against a you know a high level BJJ guy in his first fight. Yeah, uh, Dustin Garrett, four and one man. We've seen he's only lost to Anthony Cochran right there, bro. Yeah. Uh, the only only thing I see right here is a is a, is a Superman versus Kryptonite, and you know because Emilio Hernandez is, is a black belt, we haven't got to see him yet. Dustin Garrett's mm-hmm. got five, five, six, five, five fights, you know, versus zero. But I think Dustin yeah. Garrett is going to honor, you know, honor the ground game and go to the ground. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that Anthony Cochran was able to expose uh, that Dustin Garrett's jiu-jitsu game is not up to par. And if you're able to, if you have good jiu-jitsu, you can tire out a wrestler. And uh, I think that's what's mm-hmm. going to happen here. And I'm taking, in my opinion, it might be an upset because I like Dustin Garrett a lot, but I think that Emilio gets a submission here. All right. Co-main event, we have got the first 185 title to be awarded by uh, Primal Combat. And these are two guys that both fought on the uh, inaugural uh, tower, uh, Primal Combat. It's Blake Perry mm-hmm. taking on Robbie Burns. Blake Perry coming all the way from Hawaii by way of Ohio, I believe, though. He's a, he's a military yep. guy. And uh, he, he won the last time out over a guy from uh, from uh, from Legion. And it was a really good fight, I remember. It, 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 Jamal Turner, yeah, they, it was a really good fight back and forth. And Perry got that win. And Robbie Burns also debuted against Jack Bowles, who we'll see on this card, on the undercard. And he's six mm-hmm. foot ten. Uh, and he, he took him down, man, and he dominated him. And uh, it, Robbie Burns is like one of these athletic uh, 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 anomalies, if you will. Sometimes the experience doesn't matter when you're just such an athlete like that. Uh, Tyler. Man, uh, when these guys both hit me up and asked me if they could fight on the card, I was excited to sell for one. Uh, both of them are military guys. Um, Blake being an Air Force guy, and then uh, I think Robbie being in the Army, I do believe. Um, you know, so having that rivalry, for one, is awesome to me. Um, two, um, yeah, they both uh, debuted on my sh- uh, first show. Well, didn't debut. I mean, Blake's got uh, he's four and three now. 
and uh, Robbie's want to know. But the fact is, they both showed up. They both showed me what they can do. So, um, yeah, I mean, the dude might be only one and no fighting for a title, and dude's four and three, but it's his first title, title fight too, and they both showed me that they could deserve a shot. So, um, when uh, say Jamal slammed Perry the other on the last fight night, it was a beautiful slam. Like, I mean, hands down. I mean, oh, he took him over the top. It seemed like. And I mean, hey, he weathered the storm and he got the submission win. Um, and then uh, Robbie, on the other hand, uh, he's already he's tall to me. He's six three. I mean, I got to look up to these guys. It sucks, but at the same time, <laughs> hey, I mean, it's okay. Um, but uh, he took down a giant of of a man that's six ten. I mean, regardless, you know, I mean how I mean it went. Yeah, he dominated him, but at the same time, that's a I mean that's a towering feat to take. Um, so this one, I think it's gonna, it's got everything written to be going five rounds. It could go to a decision, or we could see one of these guys taking each other out early. I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. This is one of my favorite matchups on the card. A special note, guys, this, uh, these title fights on Primal will be five round title fights, which makes things uh, even wow. more. Of course, uh, my take on this one, man, it's uh, it's the experience and the uh, the the wiliness, if you will, versus the athleticism of Burns, uh, who is, is either just going to overwhelm Perry with his athleticism or he's going to get overzealous potentially and could potentially get caught in a submission um, uh, by Perry. So, uh, man, it's a really hard fight to call. My lean is Burns just because I was so, so impressed with the domination last time. But Perry's very. Yeah very live especially over the course of five rounds uh so that brings us uh, to the main event and that is the 135 title and we do have a current champion there as chance gilbride uh will challenge the uh the reigning champ michael cribb chance gilbride out of a gogi down in chattanooga teammates with uh, torres and greg michael cribb in nashville a hometown uh, fighter out of nashville mma uh he beat anthony cochran in a really good close fight at the first primal combat and uh now gilbride you know he went in there and he challenged I mean, Gilbride was in there before he had a chance to even, uh, you know, blink and ready to, uh, to ready to fight. Took his shirt off, if I remember. And so, uh, Gilbride is a—he's uh, uh, a character, man. This is uh, very much your uh, your striker versus grappler to the extreme. What's your take on it, Tyler? Man, I love this matchup. Um, you know, I didn't have an idea what I was going to do for my next show, but as soon as I heard him grab that mic and talk shit. I loved it. He he sold it. Um, you know, he, he sold me on it. But uh, Gilbride, he, he I, I forgot to mention. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. But I forgot to mention that Gilbride actually fought on that show too. He beat Saragossa uh, in that in that, yeah. that card very very dominantly. Yes, and I mean, uh, and obviously we got Nick coming back too, and his little brother. And I think uh, I think they made the right adjustments to come out and put on some fireworks too. So it's looking. I'm looking forward to seeing these guys grow with Primal as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, Chance went out and did his thing. Um, he executed it. And you know what? He, he did the promo and everything. He did the, like, the WWE call out, man. He, he didn't give a shit. I love it. Um, and then, uh, you got like, it seems like more, uh, Michael Chris is more like the stoic man, the, the quiet guy with the mustache that's just going to stand off quiet in the corner, you know? So, um, regardless, you know, I think I got two opposites for one and opposites attract. And that's why these two are meeting in the main event. Jeff Hobbs, you've seen both of these guys. Uh, what's your take? Yeah, at this point, Michael Cribb's probably just thinking, Jesus Christ, can somebody just find me a stand-up guy one fight? I mean, <laughs> he is he just goes back to back to back with these grapplers, man. Spam and uh, takedowns everywhere. Yeah, so that being said, I mean, he's not going to see anything he hasn't seen. 
his last few fights because everybody's taking him down. Uh, and, t- and Tyler hit the nail on the head, man. Michael Cribb is just a very unassuming, quiet. Uh, when when Gilbride came in to uh, challenge him, Cribb had the look on his face like, you know, like I don't I don't even know if I'm going to fight again. He had that kind of look on his face like I don't even know who you are or why you're up here. I just won this thing, you know. Um, very just so unassuming. Like I I don't even know if I'm fighting and you're already up here challenging me. He's just. Uh, but we know Michael Cribb is up for it. Chance uh, Gilbride is going to be relentless. He's going to come after him. Um, but like I said, Cribb won this belt kind of in the same position. Uh, Cochran just uh, over and over and over again took him down. I think what's going to be the difference here is Cochran did nothing with it, and Gilbride's not going to just sit there. He's not just going to lay on a takedown. Uh, he's going to keep going. So, you know, Cribb cannot be as patient as he was before. Because uh, Cochran gave him the opportunity to just sit there and be patient and wait for either a stand up or you know his opportunity. So he, while it's kind of the same type of fight, he's, it's not the same type of fighter uh, as he as he saw before. So you know, Crib is going to have to get his shots. Uh, you know, luckily they start every round standing up, and uh, he's going to have to try to take advantage of those uh, moments that they're in the stand up and make them count. Um, now I am interested in the fact I did not know this was going five rounds. So, you know, Gilbride's going to have to keep that pace up for five full rounds. I think grip crib can put himself in a position to take this in the, in the deeper rounds and, and see if the uh, takedown is still there, you know, late in this fight. So I think what really makes this interesting is what happens if we hit fourth and fifth rounds. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. That's one thing that I don't think you got to worry about with Crib is going to be the gas tank. It doesn't seem like he really fatigues out there. You kind of get that steady pace, you know. So I, I think it's going to be really uh, interesting clash of styles. Uh, before we wrap up this uh, part of our talk, Tyler, uh, give us uh, one last push here, man. Uh, tell us about this uh, this show. Uh, give us uh, the reasons why uh, fans need to t- check this one out this weekend. Let me tell you what, <laughs> it's a hell of a lineup. I wish uh, I could have get. I hope we could fill in some of these. Uh, I wish we could have filled in some of these other fights that fell out. But uh, um, regardless, um, I got standing tickets that'll be able to be at, purchased at the door. So hey, if you don't want to purchase a, a seat, you could just stand there, drink a beer, eat some barbecue, and watch a fight. If you want to get up close and personal, I might have some VIP seats left. Um, ticket start. They're going to be at the door for twenty bucks. For standing, you got thirty seat, thirty dollars for general admission seating. You got a fifty-five dollars for a red section or blue section individual seating, and then we got a second row table for seventy-five dollars. Well, it'd be eighty dollars a seat at the door, and then the VIP table seats are sitting at one hundred and five apiece. Um, and the one thing is, regardless, you're not going to want to blink when you watch this show. Uh, I got finishers, I got submission artists. Uh, this whole show has everything to everything on it to be one of the best ones in the state for this year. And what do you do if you can't make it live? Oh, uh, just a second. Um, you can watch it on the pay per view at uh, Combat Cast slash PC. Um, hold on, I can get the actual official uh, site. I lost it real quick. Um. Just a second, guys. Apologize. It's combatcast.tv slash watch. Very good. And, of course, we'll have a full production going for that with the instant replays and the graphics, commentary, and uh, the whole the whole nine yards. It's definitely worth uh, worth that, uh, that cost of the pay-per-view, I got to say. Yes, sir. 
All right, man. Uh, so, uh, and we got one more talking point here. We're going to recap the Hydra Cup while we've got Tyler on the phone. He was there and part of it, co-promoting with us on that one. It really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks to Agogi for hosting us. It was a really uh, laid back event, man. One of those, our first grappling endeavor that we've ever done. So there were some mm -hmm. learning moments, but at the same time, I feel like it uh, went really smooth and quick. We, uh, we, and it seemed like we didn't really have any controversy. It's always nice. Cause I was worried about that going into a grappling event that we would have like, yeah. you know, squabbles about rules and stuff, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, we didn't really have any of that. Uh, I'm going to go to each of you guys for your take on one aspect. Uh, Jeff, I'll let you go first. I know you're running low on juice. Uh, of course our main segment was the quartet, uh, our first ever quartet Hydra cup, uh, <clears throat> team match. It was novices for whites and blues only. And a gogi came out on top in this thing, uh, taking out KMAA, uh, Connor Hodge nearly taking out, well, uh, technically taking out, uh, all of KMA on his own. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, listen, Tim, before I get started, you know, there's not a lot of time at the end of these shows to uh, to to get something in real quick, and I want to get something in. I'm going to break kayfabe real quick and, and shoot here. Um, you know, this last weekend was a tough weekend for me. You know, I had a lot of personal stuff going on, and, um, you know, I was able to uh, keep my obligations to Valor while I had some stuff going on at home with a, with a grandmother, and I just wanted to take the opportunity um, to give a shout out to a few people. One, Eric Turner, who was not at the Valor event, but made sure that he reached out and, uh, you know, sent his thoughts and, and check in on me uh, that weekend. Uh, to Tim for all your support over this last weekend and telling me to stay home uh, and take care of stuff as opposed to coming out. And uh, I'm even going to have to give props. Uh, I usually, I don't like Greg Hopkins, uh, which means I usually don't like people that Greg likes. Um, but Torres, Torres Finney is one hell of a dude. I'm going to tell y'all right now, I bust his balls on here just because he's friends with Greg, but uh, Sunday or Saturday at this Hydra cup, uh, Torres made sure he uh, took me aside and uh, talked to me a little bit about what was going on with my grandmother and, uh, you know, giving me, uh, you know, his, uh, his support. So thank all of you guys that, uh, you know, uh, talked to me this weekend about what was going on and, and really supported me and, and made sure that, uh, you know, I took care of business at home and got out of there and uh, got to uh, Indiana to see my grandmother uh, before she, you know, passes away. So thank you guys. Now, that being said, uh, man, this was the chillest Saturday I've had in a while. I, I wish we could. I almost wish we could do this after every show because after coming off of a, a high paced, long MMA night, uh, being around these jujitsu guys was just so chill. Um, it was so laid back. Everybody, it's a, it's just a, such a different vibe um, going into this thing. And I, I agree with you. I don't. I, there was no controversy. There was no uh, no divas, no prima donnas. Um, everybody was just happy to be there and competing. And like we told the crowd several times, man, just you guys as a crowd being there to support and these guys and, and what they do and their skill set, um, giving them a chance. You know, they practice all week, but there's no game on Friday night. You know, there's no game on Saturday for these guys. This is just this is a way of life for them. So to be able to go out in between tournaments and showcase their skills to the people that all they see at home is they're at practice all the time. They're at practice all the time and they get to come in and watch the reason why. And so this was great, man. Um, the matchups were great. You know, the only controversy I saw was dude trying to get one over on Tyler and, and sneak a tap in uh, and, mm -hmm. and act like, and act like he didn't. Um, but man, you can tell they, these guys had so much fun. 
But you could see the ones that are like, all right, all right, I got this on the next time. I see how the strategy's got to go. Uh, Agogi showed out in that. I mean, the KMA versus the Agogi, the crowd was wild. Uh, the um, uh, highest stand versus Agogi was a hype, you know, uh, a quartet matchup. Um, a, a lot of crowd noise and participation in that. I think KMAA kind of, if they look back and thought about, uh, you know, maybe a different strategy, if they would have, um, you know, uh, who was it that went last? Uh, Garrett. Uh, if they would have thrown Garrett in maybe first, you know, he was able to stall and get the draw. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it stall. He was able to get a draw uh, against a beast, man, a huge dude, uh, you know, and that would have changed the whole complexity of it. So I think a lot of these guys are going to go into the next time we do this with a little better strategy. Uh, I know Justin Watson really hopes that if he ever competes in one of these again, uh, that somebody uses a little strategy on his team. Uh, <laughs> instead of, I mean, that dude got thrown Bro, under the damn bus. I'll take uh, take again tomorrow. Uh, but maybe not last, you know, let's not let the whole event. Uh, the whole yeah. Match. I don't want it to ride on me. <laughs> yeah, ride on uh, man, I had a blast. Dude. This was fun. I can't wait till we do it again. And I guarantee you when we do it again, we're going to have to turn people down. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were excited about that. And uh, I thought that uh, Agogi really had a, a great strategy going out there. Props to uh, to Matt Harris and Sterling Peace, uh, not only for uh, the hospitality and their facility, but for really uh, coaching those guys up and, uh, and and putting the guys in in the right spot to succeed. Uh, so uh, shout out to Agogi, the first ever Hydra Cup winner. Well, uh, and soon it looks like we're going to uh, bring bring the circus to Lebanon for the next one. We'll we'll get to that here to, here at the end. Uh, that is also, a beautiful facility. That is a beautiful yeah. facility. Oh, I love the Gobi. That was an awesome thing. So the uh, the other uh, main part of our uh, uh, I, I want to give some shout outs to the, that team real quick though that team consisted of uh, Connor Hodge, Tyler Toon, who also made a huge statement in the highest stand match, taking out both Lewis brothers who were both super tough in game, uh, and then they also had Dakota Cunningham and Hayden Smith uh, uh, subbing in for Dalton Smith uh, on that one. Uh, the all the other uh, headlining uh, portion of this event was the our eight man combat jujitsu tournament. Uh, for a thousand dollars, that was a uh, hundred and uh, hundred and seventy-five pound max with no limit on your rank. And uh, man, there were some studs in this thing. Uh, the winner was Quintavious Marshall, black belt out of Atlanta, very athletic guy. And man, he showed out with a finals win over Nick Gertz. He took out Gertz's brother Sam Gertz in the uh, in the semis, and then he uh, took out Shlomo Boyd in the first round. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Gertz uh, got past. Uh, let's see, who did Gertz have in the first round? He had Grayson Dunn, and man, Gertz was lighting guys up in the slabs. Then he moved on and got uh, took on Tyler, uh, who's on the line with us now, who uh, hit Tyler won his first round against Jacob Romano with the fastest sub of anyone. Nate was a standing arm lock. Uh, really good back-and-forth match with uh, Nick and Tyler, and uh, Nick pulls that one off, and we got a great final, and man, Quintavious Marshall has uh, kind of opened some eyes, man. Greg, what's your take on, uh, on that combat BJJ tournament? Yeah, I had Nick Gertz winning it, but Marshall came in and uh, ended up almost snapping Gertz's arm right there. And, you know, Nick had that shoulder surgery and whatnot. He'd been crazy, you know, and it got attacked right there. But, you know, shout out to him for winning that thing. And uh, like you said, guys, though, that was that was a lot of fun watching that. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you said, like you, like you were saying, um, who was saying I wouldn't be surprised to turn people down? I wouldn't mind seeing a 16-man bracket on that because it went by real smooth and faster than I thought it was going to. I told you, Tim, it was going to be a lot more drugged out than I thought it was. But uh, we actually got we ran it in less time. than three hours. It was really it great. Like, and, and it was some hot. It was, uh, you know, just the uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what it was a lot different than a fight, but it was really cool to see, uh, you know, the first Hydra Cup go down like this. And uh, I, I'm anxious to see how many more teams are going to come together and say, hey, you know, I think we can take a go. You know what I'm saying? We want that cup. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Uh, of course, we had some other matches on this card. Uh, I'm going to go to Torres here, then we'll finish it off with Tyler, and we've done. Uh, we had uh, tag team bouts, which I thought were really interesting, and I think the ta- you you competed in a tag team bout yourself. You're, uh, you and Luke Wilson got the win over uh, the team from Indian Land uh, in overtime, and uh, we also saw the Sturdivant's, uh, Roy and Andrew Sturdivant, Sturdivant's dad and uh, himself, uh, they got uh, their win over uh, a Gogi team of uh, Corey Winfrey and Lex... Uh, uh, so it was Lex Phillips, uh, and then uh, there was a, the Boyd brothers got a got a win as well over uh, last minute uh, team from Magogi. There was a lot of uh, learning on the fly here, I think. And once teams see how this works, I think you're going to see team strategy start to evolve very rapidly. Uh, I think the Sturdivants might have had it figured out the best at the end. Uh, your take on uh, on all this uh, Torres, the tag team uh, division here. I was thinking, guys, wouldn't it be cool to do like an old school Jim Crockett Memorial Cup 16 team tag team tournament? That would be awesome. Uh, Torres, your take on uh, the tag teams. Um, yeah, man, um, that, that actually was really exciting. Um, I mean, that was the first time. Actually, that was the first time I ever competed in like an actual jujitsu matchup. So it was it was really interesting. Uh, all our plans went out the window because I ain't gonna lie, I had an awful. <laughs> but uh, um, we did find a way to get the win in overtime. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a strategy to it more than obviously just automatic based on skill. But um, you got to be smart. I mean, our plan was to try to. For me to hold him down and you know loot to get a leg in, and then, <laughs> that went south real quick. So, <laughs> hey, but, well, tell uh, me this, uh, Torres. Let me ask you a quick question because you did compete in it. Uh, Tim and I talked about some things that maybe we would change up next time. And like I said, since you were in it, the three seconds is that too short of a time to gain any type of advantage? If we kick that up to five seconds of two on one, do you think that would bring more excitement? That because with three seconds, it was gone so quick that no one could really get in and get an advantage that you're looking for in the tag. Yes, when you want to talk about the excitement factor, yes, uh, yes, uh, in in that in that uh, in that aspect, yes. Um, adding five seconds to the tag team, I mean, you might, I ain't gonna lie, you might see guys get a full choke in. <laughs> you know, with a five second added in. Um, but, uh, you know, the three second was pretty quick. Um, you know, it sometimes allowed guys to be like, oh, he tagged, you know, okay, let me get to this. You know, it wasn't really like the old WWE style. You see them beat up on each other for <laughs> five seconds and the referee, all right, get us outside the ropes. So it, <laughs> it wasn't like that a little bit. <laughs> that would be pretty fun, though. Not I think lie, with the I'm extra gonna... five seconds, you're going to have to – that guy's going to have to abandon real quick, you know, whatever he's in or whatever he's doing to the other guy and start defending himself quicker, which then is going to leave the guy that was originally in there to be able to try to sneak something in real quick. No, yeah, Yeah. that's true. That was exciting. Overall, the Hydra cup was exciting. I mean, I enjoyed the combat jujitsu. And like you said, the, uh, the uh, Hydra cup in itself, uh, the four man team, the uh, quartet, uh, man, that was exciting. You know, I ain't gonna lie, him being my teammate, Connor Hodges, you know, basically uh, taking out all of Kevin May by himself. That was a uh, really exciting, you know, back, back to back. But uh, overall, it was a really exciting show um, from start to finish. 
And of course, uh, Tyler, we'll wrap this thing up with you. Uh, some singles bouts also on the card. We got to see some little kids go. We got to see a uh, UFC fighter, uh, Shannon Young, take on a an elite high school wrestler that's that has really opened some eyes down there, Catherine Mullis, who got the armbar on Shannon. Uh, that that was awesome. And then uh, we had our uh, our uh, super fight with uh, Chance Gilbride, who's going to be fighting for your title here next week, taking on uh, David Lewis, who we know to be a very very skilled grappler, and he got the win there. Uh, your your take on those matches and then uh overall take on this thing uh any any plans and thoughts uh for uh some you know mo- expanding this thing obviously we're talking about wanting to do it in your neck of the woods as well i think that it's the kind of thing that we can start rotating amongst knoxville chattanooga and nashville and keeping uh keeping a nice little extra circuit going oh yeah no um honestly i didn't watch none of those matches because i was puking so <laughs> <laughs> Goethe, he wore me out that shit was awesome um, but, uh, Hey, I landed the better smacks in that match. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going to miss I didn't win, but it was, I got the better smacks, but it was cool. Um, but, uh, man, uh, from what I've heard, uh, like that, the chick that took out Shannon, or uh, with an arm bar or whatever. Yeah. That's phenomenal. She's just in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to get her on a primal combat. <laughs> um, yeah. She's looking to I, make her even made you. Right. You know, so that sounds like a perfect, uh, I mean, a perfect addition to female MMA to Tennessee. So um, now uh, for the Hydra Cup 2, um, I like the idea of the 16-man combat jiu-jitsu tag team. I think that would be phenomenal. I like the five seconds for uh, additional attacking for two-on-one. Um, regardless, I, I think that's, a, that's the way we go with this. I think we hit up the best jiu-jitsu gyms in the state or in the surrounding states, and let's invite them in. Um, then, uh, we might not take the next Hydra cup here, but, um, I think if we do the combat jiu-jitsu tournament, uh, being a tag team, I think that's where we go with that. I think that's a phenomenal idea. Yeah. Um, you hold, you hold your guy down and tag and then hold him down and let your opponent just smack him in the face. <laughs> <the> shit out. <laughs> uh, I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out, but I mean, Hey, that's what we're doing this thing just to get the ball rolling. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like the idea of having a, a kids tournament during the day. So if we've got any parents listening, um, I think uh, maybe from eight to two, we have a kids tournament. You know, uh, I don't know how many brackets or what we can work with, but uh, obviously that's where we get together and we talk that over, guys. Um, I think uh, Hydra Cup two. I think we could definitely have a good one coming in. Um, we could do it in April or May, either one. Stay tuned for more news on that uh, out there. And that's going to wrap it up, y'all. Uh, we're going to uh, to sign off here. I appreciate Tyler for sitting in with us. Uh, of course, once again, check out the Primal Combat event. It's going down at the uh, Farm Bureau Expo Center in Center in Lebanon, Tennessee. And that's Friday uh, the 12th. And uh, you can get your tickets at FighterTicks with an X.com or at the door. You can check out the pay-per-view at CombatCast.tv slash watch. Uh, also, uh, signing off for my co-hosts, Justin Watson, our panelists, Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins, Torres Finney. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe, rate us, all the good stuff. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Later. is a sitting ringside with david penzer quick picks on radio influence this week on sitting ringside as we head to sacrifice on impact plus this saturday night we talk to tna world heavyweight champion and the man who will meet the impact world champion for that belt at sacrifice moose 
We're going to talk to him about working with the Patriots, Tom Brady, and if he was surprised that Tom Brady led the Bucks to the Super Bowl championship this year. Also, who were some of his favorite wrestlers growing up, uh, his journey with Impact Wrestling over the past five years, and, and who he thinks are some of his biggest role models along the way. Uh, why he decided to crown himself the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, what was up with the EC3 mind games, and what will happen with Rich Swan? Plus, who are the three most talented young up-and-coming wrestlers in the Impact locker room, according to Moose, and what's his future hold? All that and so much more this week on City Ringside. Sitting Ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.